0: Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we're taking a good look at life. Just like our physical appearance naturally changes over time, so should our expressions of physical self-care. I think sometimes we get so locked into how we've always done things that we are a little bit hesitant to change. And life is all about change. That's one thing that I've learned the hard way and the easy way. I don't know, all the ways. And I just remember my oldest kid being in the fifth grade and coming home with a list of school supplies. And on that list was the things that I expected, like markers and pencils and an eraser and a locker lock. But it also, at the very end of the list, said a stick of deodorant. And I remember thinking, oh, that's so cute. And then I thought, oh, yeah, a classroom full of fifth graders. What a smart teacher. Because you give everyone a stick of deodorant, whether they need it or not. And what a great parenting hack to give it before they needed it. And, you know, I think our physical self-care routines can change as we get older, but that principle is sort of the same in the sense that, like, we should all be thinking proactively about it and not trying to insist that everything always stay the same. Now, physical self-care can get really, really tricky, though, because what works for one person is not going to work for the other person. And what worked for you in a different phase of your life isn't going to work. And it can get into really unhealthy habits that can I don't bog you down and really impede your your personal growth and development, but work really great for another person. So I always think of these things in terms of cycles and what is the healthiest way for you to do this? You know, for me, I talk about exercise a lot and, and it has manifested itself in different ways over different parts of my life. And I've had to go easy and do lighter exercises at some time to get the benefits other times. Um... I've had to find something totally new. This is the same thing with food, with physical appearance, with sort of rituals that we do. I'm here with Katie Brussick, and she's a nutrition and wellness expert and has really spent a lot of time not only practicing what she preaches, but, like, really helping people internalize it. Thank you for your time, Katie.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I love that you say from the get-go you, that you take the struggle out of being healthy. And and I understand that you had your own personal struggles coming to know the things that you know about nutrition and wellness. Um, what, what were those struggles like?
1: Oh, goodness. I feel like... So many, but I think, like, in general, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. (laughs) guess my age. um, (laughs) There's this whole kind of, like, low-fat, no-fat, calorie-free kind of food. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, I remember all of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I I mean, I also grew up in New Hampshire, so, like, I didn't see an avocado until I was in college, but that was also because— I was in New Hampshire in the 80s and 90s. So just like completely different than now, right? Like all my nieces and nephews, avocado was like the first food, right? So I just feel like the information that we were getting and all of the, and also what was going on in the media, this was kind of when all the supermodels were like super skinny Mm -hmm. and everybody was kind of aspiring in one way. And I just feel like growing up without, that information and just kind of not necessarily like fueling my body. And especially during, you know, puberty and like my early twenties and just not necessarily like eating in a way for like my body mm-hmm. definitely led to some like thyroid conditions, uh, hypothyroidism and just not necessarily like knowing the best way to take care of my body and feeling like, and there still is so much information out there. You google something, it's like 50 yes, 50 no. There's lots of like conflicting information. And what I've discovered and what I help my clients with is like, okay, like let's take all the information out and like let's let's talk about your body, your health goals, how your body actually feels with specific foods and specific movement and really personalizing it because there's always going to be a new diet book that's published. Sure. And there's, there's always, always going to be like an, and
0: a new body type that is in mm-hmm. style or isn't in style, which I think is particularly dangerous, right? Yeah. Because, yes. and I love that you're pointing out that everyone's different and what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for the other person. So what was that moment like for you when it all clicked in your mind when it came to sort of a, you know, critical point where you were like, okay, I got to do something different.
1: I think it was in my late 20s when I was, before I switched careers, I was working in New York City and I was in a very like high stress sales position and really that connection between the stress and how it was affecting my health and how the stress was affecting my sleep. And I started going to yoga and that was kind of the first step for me. I would leave work to go take a yoga class at lunchtime and it literally changed everything for me. Like I started sleeping better. I learned how to like cope and manage with stress a little bit better. And I actually started doing better at my job. Wow. <laughs>
0: go
1: figure. Right? Yeah, go like, figure. <laughs> Especially like being in New York City and kind of that high-paced place, just taking that time to like really learn how to breathe. That was kind of like the tipping point for me. I feel like it was like I was feeling like complete crap. I knew I had to make a difference and – my roommate at the time found this Groupon for this yoga studio that was literally right next to my office, and that's kind of when everything started changing and shifting for me.
0: Wow. You know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to the need of like, oh, God, something's got to change, right? And
1: and uh-huh.
0: sort of being in charge of your own self-care when you're feeling overwhelmed is a little ironic sometimes, you know, you just want to be like nurtured or cared for, for someone else, but ultimately mm-hmm. the buck stops with us. So when you advise people like, hey, okay, you're feeling something in you that says it's time to make a change. How do you gently encourage them in the right direction when it seems so overwhelming?
1: I think it's almost like giving permission to pause and like giving permission to actually like take care of ourselves. And I know that kind of sounds like strange, But I just feel like in our fast-paced life, we tend to take care of, like, everything else, right? Work tends to be number one, maybe our family, our friends. And a lot of times we're kind of on the back burner. So I think it's really, like, just reprioritizing and, like, really putting ourselves first. Um, You know, it's cliche, but, like, go on an airplane, like, put your mask on first before you put on your child. And, like, as a mom, I'm like, no, 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 I need the child needs it first. Um, But really realizing, like, the more that, like, I'm taking care of myself, like, the more that I can have the energy to give Mm. other people. I just think so many of us are depleted. And a lot of us just need, like, permission to, like, do things that bring us joy and that that help us feel like healthy. I, I do think there's like a permission in a sense, like mm-hmm. giving, giving to us. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of my clients don't even realize like they're not taking care of themselves. Like they realize like they're not sleeping well and they realize they're like maybe not eating healthy, but they think that they're taking care of themselves. And then, when we like kind of break it down, we're like, Oh my God, like I spend five minutes on myself on Saturday morning, <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: Do you ever, have you ever counseled with someone who was maybe using self-care in, like, the wrong way? Like, you know, maybe thinking that they were using a lot of time, but maybe not using it in ways that served them
1: the best. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, a lot of us tend to think wine is (laughs) self-care. Yeah. I
0: mean, you see all the Uh, jokes, right? Like, and all the, the merchandise that sort of says so.
1: Totally, And like, you know, I think um, that's kind of like alcohol sales went like through the roof during COVID. And like a lot of people use alcohol and wine as like coping and feeling like that's like a stress relief and not really putting the pieces together, being like, oh, my God. Yeah, like if I drink, like I don't eat well the next day or I feel like really sluggish or I'm starting to have hormonal issues. Hmm. Um, So I think a lot of the self-care sticking wine in moderation but like if people are drinking wine every night as self-care like we tend to look at some other things that can also help us relax and like kind of calm down after a busy yeah. day but I think a lot of yeah a lot of people kind of not everybody but you know it's sure. kind of accepted in society in a sense
0: A lot of inspiration in how other people express like self care in different ways because it's almost as if it gives me, um, you know, permission to do my weird things that I feel like really fill fill my cup. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious as to how you feel now and how you take care of yourself and how you nurture yourself with all of the information that you've learned over the years.
1: Oh my goodness! So I have almost two and a half year old twins. So oh, wow, I, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, between work and them. But for me, a lot of it is, I think the number one thing that I have done in the past few years is I go to bed on time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that takes such discipline.
1: It does because I am a night person. I love staying up late. That's why I loved living in New York, but it doesn't support my life at all anymore. It probably, And honestly, it probably never did. But <laughs> I go to bed early and then I wake up and I have the energy to do the things that are self-care like I'm a big walker like walking really helps calm my central nervous system down it helps me clear my head so get up put the boys in a stroller go for a nice walk having carving out time to see friends is also really brings me joy and is self-care in that sense and then you know I sprinkle in some massages, (laughs) yeah, because I'm lifting them. They're getting heavy, Um, so I think it's really important. Because I think sometimes we think self care needs to be a full day at the spa, which I would love to do that. Like that's all, go to the spa. Yeah, seriously.
0: I wish we were doing this interview in the spa, right? Getting all the things.
1: (laughs) But like sprinkle in time throughout your day, like even if it's you can do five minute increments, right? Like you depending on what's going on with your life and then try to carve out longer periods of time on the weekend or at night. But I think for me, it all comes down to energy. Like if I go to bed on time and I sleep well, like I can handle life and I can, and I make self-care part of that versus if I'm not sleeping well, I feel like a hot mess. Like I just can't function. And like, then I think it's harder sometimes to like, figure out that self-care piece when you're really exhausted.
0: Yeah. I, to those women who, well, to those women and men who think, yeah, it must be nice or, <laughs> you know, haven't really quite, you know, figured it out, based on your work and the things that you've seen, you know, how, how do you help motivate people to, to make bigger changes, you know, so that they really are nurturing themselves?
1: Yeah. I really honestly feel like it's when you start making really small changes and you notice, oh, I have more energy. Oh, I'm like not super bloated. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel like I'm being kinder to myself. That's the motivation in itself. It's like making a small change, like let's eat some more vegetables or drink more water or whatever it is that we kind of come up with. And the more consistent you are with that and you notice like how much more energy you have and how much clearer your head is and focus, that kind of really tends to keep the motivation and the energy and the drive there versus making a huge change that's not sustainable that you do for two weeks and then you go back to what you were doing before. Mm-hmm. That's so demotivating. Um, And I think a lot of us get caught up in that cycle. Like, I'm going to do a three-day cleanse or I'm going to do Whole30 or whatever it is for a specific period of time. And I'm all about really, like, small, realistic, sustainable changes because that's what I did with my health when I started really making it a priority and really making changes. I was like, okay, let's do some small shifts. And then over time, it becomes your habit. And I don't even think of my walks as, like, something I have to do. It's like something that like is enjoyable and that like helps my body. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm trying to remember way back when I started like doing that, like maybe I was like, oh, I have to do this. But now I'm like, oh I get to do this. And really reframing that conversation too. like, I get to take care of myself. I get to take care of my health. Not like I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, but small baby steps really make a huge huge difference because it's all about sustainability (laughs) yeah right not like one-off changes no we got to play
0: the long game like
1: (laughs) you know (laughs) it
0: can't be fast and furious absolutely Just to kind of round it out, your nutrition, your, you know, sort of the overall wellness, what, what is the message that you feel like you are really trying to get out that, that, that people need the most?
1: Oh my goodness, so many. But I think um, in terms of like self-care and health, like yeah. is really think about how you want to feel, right? Like think so much of the time we're focused on how we want to maybe look or what we want to eat. But I really always ask my clients, like, how do you want to feel? Like, is it energy? Is it joy? And I think when we're, we have that feeling rather than like the outcome, like very specific. Um, how do I explain it? Like just like that outcome, like numbers mm-hmm. and things like that. When we know how we want to feel, like my goal always is like have energy so I can like do the things that I love to do. And whenever I start not, Having that energy, I pause and I'm like, "Oh, Katie, get to bed earlier." Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know I always. You know how to change myself. this. yeah.
1: But yeah, you know, but I really do think it's like really kind of coming back to like, how do you want to feel, and that that focus because I think that's such a huge motivational piece of the puzzle that we tend to not put into when we're thinking about changing our health and our wellness.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Katie Brassick, thank you so much for your time. This has been really informative. And it's just a great reminder. Of, like, it's just an encourager of just like that motivation to do those small things um, and, and, and really focusing on the feeling instead of, you know, other maybe more superficial outputs.
1: Yeah, because you'll get to where you want to go, like, you
0: know. Yeah, and you know what? Your you body's going to change over your life, too. Like, you have control yeah, totally. over so few things. So just focus on what you can control and not what you can't. Lisa's Show is a production of BYU Radio. It's hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by McKay Menden and Becca Hurley with help from Kaya Dib, and music and post-production by Sam Clausen. If you like the show, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we would love to hear your questions and suggestions. Reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook. Next week on The Lisa Show. So then he kind of threw questions at us, like, that he wasn't really waiting for our answers, but he was like, uh, you know, would you drive a a dump truck for a year if it meant a million dollars? And I'm like, I... Like are you in a hiring position? Is that is that job really exists? Is
1: with this them? a dump? truck driving what? class? <laughs>
0: Wanted us to say, "Yeah, I do anything for a million dollars." And we kept saying, "Well, is it is it creatively satisfying?" <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> well, yes. I remember and, asking about the shape of their organization.
1: So, is this a pyramid scheme? No, it's shaped like this. So, is that like a triangle? <laughs> is it, so, 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 it's shaped like a triangle, so a triangle which triangle, looks like a pyramid, but not a pyramid. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, sure.
0: That's next week on The Lisa Show, wherever you get your podcasts.